0: Now here's the show
1: people go away and calculate what their ideal lifestyle looks like then they can actually put strategies in place to actually go okay how this is what I want how can I actually achieve it I, I believe it can be a very simple thing.
0: This is Property Invest Story where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Sharp and in this episode, we're back with speaker and expert of renovating for profit, Sheree Barber. She will diverge the real reason why she jumps out of bed at 4am every morning to turn ugly houses into beautiful homes and discuss her in and out strategy for renovating within 8-10 to days. Over many years of renovating, Barbara has learned a lot. So what would she have done differently?
1: I think the biggest thing that I've learned now, I've been renovating now for 28 years, 18 years full-time professionally. The first 10 years, I say, look, I was a hobbyist, I was a a weekend warrior, I was just kicking around with my own own two homes in my 20s, nothing serious but I became a hardcore renovator in the year 2000 and, and obviously been doing that professionally for the last 18 years. But what I would have done differently is what I didn't do back in my early days, I didn't strategically map anything out. I was just winging it. I was just buying, you know, I'd, go, I'd finish one unrenovated project and then I would go and look for my next unrenovated dump. And I look back now all these years later and I think, gosh, if I just sat down back on project number one, what I failed to do on that first professional project, I failed to sit down and and, and say to myself two questions essentially – Sheree, when do you want to retire? And Sheree, when you retire, how much money would you like rolling in passive income each week? Now, you know, I, I didn't look at back then at what my ideal life, you know, what can my ideal life look like and what will that ideal life cost me? And so that's the biggest thing. People, A lot of people don't do that. They don't know when they want to retire, how much money they want to have rolling in each month, each week coming in retirement. So therefore, they don't know that. Therefore, how can you set your goals? Um and so I didn't do any of that and I look back now and I think, well, if I had actually mapped that out, I would have completely bought the completely different property than what I actually bought all in my early years of renovating. So...
0: She regrets not taking advantage of buying in areas that were cheap at the time such as Sydney's western suburbs.
1: So just to try and simplify that and make make sense of that. What I did is I first my first renovation I started about 6 or 7 k's out from the Sydney CBD. I was buying property around 537. You know, I sold that property for 955. So very quickly I was inching up around those properties that were I was buying in my first couple of years properties at around 750,000, a million dollars in value unrenovated, spending about 3 or 400,000 on them and then reselling them for high one. So I'd normally make about 300 grand profit. But I look back, so I, I consumed, I actually tied up a lot of my money, like I couldn't do multiple projects because I had so much money invested in the project that it was on the go. So I, I couldn't jump into the next one until that was either sold or revalued. And I look back now, so I did a lot of that. And I look back now and I think, you know what, I should, probably shouldn't have done those really expensive properties I should have been buying properties, for example, in Sydney's West, where 18 years ago I could have been buying those properties for like $120,000, that are out, all now worth like eight, nine hundred thousand dollars. Back then, I probably could have bought a hundred of those properties. <laughs> yep. So, it, you know, I could have been, even though I'm a wealthy person today, and I'm not complaining. I think if I had strategically mapped it out, I could have been a hell of a lot wealthier if I just knew what I was doing from a strategy strategy viewpoint. I had no strategy, and it's really not until the last 5 years that I've really sort of harnessed the power of strategy first.
0: So, what should you do? Buy, renovate and hold or buy, renovate and sell?
1: It depends on the market. And that's that's um like a really a really common question that um People publicly ask me, and the answer is there is no right or wrong answer. Um, It depends on the person's situation. For example, a lot of people will do the buy, renovate, and sell strategy where they'll get in and out very quickly. They'll manufacture that instant equity. They'll sell and they'll cash out. But it's not a strategy that I'm really endorsing because, A, not every suburb in Australia is a buy, renovate, and sell suburb. Some suburbs are buy, buy and hold suburbs. Some suburbs you can buy and sell. Um, it also depends on what stage the property market cycle is in. As you know, Tyrone, the um, property cycle goes through four key stages, you know, the boom, bust, um, recovery, slowdown, not in that order. And um, renovating your ability to renovate and sell and your ability to renovate and rent depends on what stage of the cycle you're actually in. And it also depends on how much equity. If you're starting out from a very low base where you haven't got much money behind you, you might find that you might need to do a buy, renovate and sell for your first couple of projects. And as you start to build equity, then you can transition to the buy, renovate and rent strategy. So you've just got to take your personal circumstances. There is no right or wrong answer. What I do say to people, though, is, you know, most of my students I'm encouraging to buy, renovate and rent because when you do make the decision to sell, there's a lot of costs. You lose a lot of your profit margin. Capital gains tax, agents commission, marketing cost, property styling cost. On a low budget property, those costs alone can be $30,000. And that's a lot of profit that you never get back. Also, when you sell, you lose a bigger chunk of profit, which is called long-term capital growth. At the end of the day, it's compounding capital growth that makes you wealthy. So you know, I say try and avoid selling at all expenses unless you absolutely need to.
0: To grow your portfolio using a buy, renovate and hold strategy like Barbara's, having the right mindset is crucial.
1: But I think look, money mindset-wise, how can somebody create that? I guess for me, the way that I wasn't born with that mindset. Um, as I said earlier, I was more of a survival mindset. I think the best way that people to do that is is education. It's what I did back um, when I did that first professional project. Um, you know, I started reading books and I went to a couple of seminars and all that sort of stuff and I started to educate myself. But in all truthfulness, it's something that people just, they don't really learn. A lot of people struggle with um, strategy. They struggle with mindset. Um, I just think... I just think you need to be very clear on your goal and try and put yourself in that mindset.
0: Although it took survival instinct for her to get into the right mindset, the best place for most people to start is to know what they want and then find out how to make it happen.
1: I think um, what I say and I say this a lot in my public speaking gigs because I try and give people a very sort of simple basic approach. And where I start with them is is essentially those two questions that I asked, I, I stated before. I say, look, you it's not about it's not about how many properties you own. It's truly not about that. What you essentially need to find out is when do you want to retire? How much money do you want in retirement? That's that's really all people really need to know. Because from that alone, if people go away and calculate what their ideal lifestyle looks like, then they can actually put strategies in place to actually go, okay, how this is what I want how can I actually achieve it? I, I believe it can be a very simple thing. Don't overcomplicate it.
0: I love that. It's because have the end goal in mind and then work backwards to be able to break it all down to achieve that.
1: Yeah. You know, the average Australian typically, like when you look at the average profile of most Australians and they work out their their ideal life, most Australian, if you if you base it on a, a property that's worth around 500000 most Aussies need to try and reach somewhere between three to five properties Fully paid off at retirement. We know that the average Australian doesn't actually achieve that, and largely because they don't set these goals early, these financial goals early on in life, and then they sort of learn st- they learn stuff like this later in life, and sometimes that can be a little bit too late. It makes it extremely hard to achieve that. So the sooner you know what you wanted, what you're aiming for. Then you've got to put the goals, go okay, I want, I want $1,000 a week rolling in passive income until the day I cark it, um, how am I going to make that happen, what do I to do to make that happen? The sooner you can have that awakening, the better.
0: Going through the process of discovering the wonders of renovating over 20 years, Barbara had to learn everything herself without the aid of any mentors.
1: I'm a pretty basic girl. You know, as I said, I grew up in Sydney's western suburbs. I wasn't exposed to successful people. I I really wasn't. I just wasn't fortunate enough to have somebody to hold my hand and say, do this, do that. I wish I did. I've really had to learn things the hard way. I've really had to figure things out for myself. And look, I've done very, very well for myself. You know, I've done very well for myself. Surprising, I could have turned out a complete and utter disaster. But I didn't. I think the thing that really got me through um, that sort of poverty background into a wealthier, um, a wealthier space is I just I'm actually just my biggest thing I think is that I just worked hard. You know, people say work smarter, not harder. I agree with that, but I was the person that worked hard. I've worked incredibly hard over the last 28, you know, years. The reality is Being on a renovation site, it's not glamorous. You're covered in dust. You go home with dust in your hair. Most days you look like somebody who doesn't have 20 cents to their name because you're covered in paint, dust, crap, construction waste, Um, you know, and I just worked hard. I just thought, okay, I'm going to renovate. I'll just stick my head down. I just did it and I winged my way through the process. I winged my way. Through a lot of renovations, made a lot. As I said, made an incredibly lot of lot of mistakes. But um, I just think my biggest attribute is I'm a hard worker. I'm not the smartest girl. Like I'm not stupid. I'm not a university qualified whatever. Um, I don't need to be that. A university degree doesn't agree. It doesn't guarantee wealth. What will largely guarantee wealth is your mindset mm-hmm. and your willingness to work hard.
0: Living among some of the wealthiest people in her area, she has also discovered that a lot of those wealthy people didn't start off with an expensive education.
1: I just want to tell you something Tyrone, I I live in a street um, in Sydney and look, my street is a a pretty exclusive street, it's actually the wealthiest street in my whole region and I have a a lot of very wealthy people on my street And, uh, and in fact, I'm the poor kid on the street. Um, and all of my neighbors, my neighbor next door, you know, he sold his business for like 420 million and the neighbor uh, next door, he's a high flying barrister that charges some crazy amount per week and (laughs) to his, uh, per hour to his clients. And then the guy next to him, he builds all the freeways between Sydney and Brisbane. He's loaded on the poor kid, but you know what? We actually got together a couple of years ago for the very first time for a New Year's Eve party where all the neighbors came together and I didn't know my neighbours from a bar of soap. So I thought, okay, I'll well, go along and meet all these guys. I'm really glad I did because they're lovely. But, you know, we had one common thread between all of us. When we started talking about our backgrounds, we all discovered that none of us had a university degree. None of us. We were all like year 10 dropouts or year nine. Year, one, of them, one of them was year eight. You know, I got pulled out at year 11. None of us had even literally done our high school certificate. But all of us were hard workers we just worked really hard and we'd build our wealth. So I love that. I, I always say you don't have to be incredibly smart. You just gotta be willing to to work really hard at something and just do something you're passionate about. For me, I love renovating. I spring out of bed at four o'clock in the morning, super excited to put my work boots on because I get to go and, you know, renovate ugly houses that I turn into beautiful homes. I get to have fun and lots of jokes with the good tradies that I work on site with every day. It just feels like a hobby I happen to earn fantastic money from. And I think if somebody can find their passion and then be willing to work incredibly hard at it, wealth will come.
0: Coming up after the break, Barbara will break down her property investing strategy.
1: So what I did is I transitioned out of structural and I moved 100% solely into cosmetic renovations where A, I can buy the properties at a lot lower price.
0: Uncover how she manages her properties in order to maintain cash flow.
1: In the game of renovating for profit, it's all percentages. You buy here, you multiply by this, you resell here. And what I do now, instead of doing one structural renovation, I do multiple cosmetics at a time depending on how my diary is going.
0: And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum, and you're listening to Property Investory. Are you looking at buying property? Unsure which suburb to choose? Let me share with you an amazing tour. It's called Location Score, and it's the simplest way to decide where to buy profitable property all over Australia. Created by property experts Ben Kingsley, Bryce Holloway, and Jeremy Shepard. You can check it out at propertyinvestory.com forward slash location score. Also, when you buy through my affiliate link, I'll give you one month access to the Property Investory Club, where you can learn from the experts and be part of a private property investing community made at $99. Visit propertyinvestory.com slash location score to claim your special offer. With a personal strategy for property investing, Barbara has made a revolutionary transition regarding the type of renovation she undertakes.
1: So I completely changed strategies. So about three years ago, I moved from structural renovations and I transitioned entirely back one hundred percent just to cosmetic renovations. So. The reality is a structural renovation, from the time you buy the property to the time you then, you know, when you buy a structural renovation, as soon as that auction hammer goes down or you buy it for sale, you know, you need to go off and you need to get a site survey done. You need to go engage an architect. Um, You know, then your architect produces their plans, which will take anywhere between one to three months, depending on how slow or fast your architect is or your draftsman. Then you've got to lodge it in council. Most councils these days, you know, most councils are taking between, on average, six to 12 months to actually approve your development application. Mm-hmm. Um, they say 40 days, but none of them ever do 40 days. Um, and so, you know, you've, you're a best part of the year just into the planning process and then you've actually got to build the extension or the, you know, do the um, the new build and most builders will quote somewhere between six to nine months to do that. So a structural renovation, pretty much the timeline, one and a half to two years, typical timeframe for a structural renovation from. Start to finish, the market can also vary. Um, the market can drop within two years. You know, from the start of a project to the finish, the market can look completely different. So what I did is I transitioned out of structural and I moved 100% solely into cosmetic renovations. Where a I can buy the properties at a lot lower price. I can get in very quickly as a renovator. So with my cosmetics, I do my cosmetics, I'll transform the whole house in eight to ten days. Now I'm not I'm not um, advocating anybody try and do a whole house in eight to ten days. It is a bit like renovating on crack. Yes, um yes. Yeah. so I always say to the public, just try and do your cosmetic renovations over the course of six to eight weeks, and that's a very comfortable time for most Australians, you know, while they're holding down their full-time job even. But so you have the ability to get in and out very quickly um, as a cosmetic renovator in, in a, lot of, a lot of the changes you make as a cosmetic renovator don't require council approval. Um, you may not need a licence builder depending on which state of Australia you are. So there's a lot of really good reasons um, to be a cosmetic renovator because it's, it's like fast turning over your money fast.
0: As always, with renovating strategies, drawing out equity to move on to the next project is key. Sometimes, Barbara does two at once.
1: always, renovators, we live off our equity lines. So you just go back, you're obviously creating that instant equity in the renovation. You bought the property at this price, you've got in it during the renovation, you need to spend the right amount of money um, and then you obviously get it revalued at x amount higher so in the game of renovating for profit it's all percentages you buy here you multiply by this you resell here so um yeah and what I do now instead of doing one structural renovation I do multiple cosmetics at a time. depending on how my diary is going I may do two renovations two cosmetics at the same time very similar projects where I can just move my trades from site to site, I can negotiate um, you know two, two bathroom tiling jobs so you can lower your costs a little bit better, so there's lots of ways you can do it if you 're smart to drive your costs down to drive
0: your costs down so yeah, as you said, it's a numbers game at the end of the day and ensuring that everything's met within time frames to make sure that the project's delivered on time as well.
1: and I know that every day that I get slack on my renovation it's costing me money it 's costing me lost rent. Uh, you know, sometimes people say, well, why do you do your renovations in such a fast time? Why do you put yourself under that pressure? And my simple answer is, well, yeah, every day that that property sits ling- lingering with not a significant amount of work happening each day, it's actually lost rental income. And and just from my experience also, the, your trade team tends to get on a roll um, because we're doing, you know, our renovations in a, in a fast period of time you know, even if it's it's going over two or three weeks, two or three weeks, they're focused on that project. Like there's an end goal that's very, very um, touchable. So I find that the momentum stays um, is much higher in a faster renovation rather than one that, that trickles out over six months.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And it's like almost like a manufacturing process. Once you start on one section of the belt, you can't really quite pull it out and stop them. And it's kind of no different when you're doing renovating.
1: That's right. Well tradies also have other jobs to go to. So when they're on yours, they're like focused on that and then they can go to the next one. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so lots of reasons to do um, quick renovations but um, you obviously got to, you know, if you're going to do that, you need to make sure that the quality of those renovations is not suffering anywhere down the line and that's very easily managed during the renovation.
0: Funding renovations is sometimes an issue many aspiring property investors come across. Barbara says that managing your cash through your lines of credit is key as a renovator.
1: So the way that I buy these properties, the way that I fund the renovations, it all comes out of my line of equities. Um, it, it comes out of my line of credits. Um, so on all of my properties, I have lines of credit. So on all of my investment properties, I have those maximized up to the maximum lend, typically 80%. Um, it's not to say that I owe 80% on those properties, I don't, um, but there'll be lines of credit in place for all of those properties. So in, in my bank account, for example, on all of my like, I'll just I'll just pluck a random figure out of my head. Um, you know, for example, I have a lot of properties out in Sydney's West. I might have one property where, um, you know, the property might be worth six hundred thousand. I only have um, I have a line of credit for. Um, Whatever that is, you know, eighty percent of six hundred thousand. What's 400, that? 400, uh, one six hundred four hundred and eighty thousand. So um, line of credit will be four eighty, but I might only owe three fifty. So I have one hundred and thirty thousand dollars available equity sitting in that account, and that's all I do is every time I do a renovation or I need to pay a deposit on something, I just pull it out of one of my lines of credit somewhere. And my, I fund my renovation from my lines of credit, and obviously you need to make sure that you're accounting for absolutely everything from an accounting point of view, um, so that you can maximise all of those tax deductions at the end of the year.
0: Mm, that's very very important. Yeah. Okay. Excellent.
1: So and, and when I so say when I go on holiday, or if I want to go buy myself a new dress, it comes out of my lot one of my lines of credit. Renovators live off their lines of credit. Their line their equity lines. That. Equity is your wages as a renovator. So it's just a bit of a, a different way that you look at your mindset um, as a mindset matter. Because people say, why would you be eating away at all of your equity? But it's not eating it away. It's actually continuing to do deals. You're generating an income from your equity lines. You're taking some out. You take out to refund your deposit, your renovation, your meals, your dresses, whatever. And then when you do a renovation, it tops back up. It's like a bit of a bit like a funnel that goes in and out.
0: She says that the concept of living off your equity is something that many people struggle to comprehend.
1: So constantly, constantly your bank account is going up,
0: up and down. down.
1: So when you when you you know when you sell a property, your bank your your lines of equity go up. And then when you buy a deposit, when you pay the next deposit for the next property, goes down. And then when you pay trade, it goes down, down, down. Yeah. And then when you get a revert, it goes up again. So Yeah, it's a a concept that a lot of people struggle to understand.
0: In her many years of experience, Barbara has had some regrets about what she would have done differently. So, if she were to meet herself from 10 years ago, what would she say? I
1: I think it would have just been strategy-wise. I think I would have said, hey, get out of these higher value properties and get yourself into the cheap end of town because there's a lot of money to be made in the cheap end of town. I think that's what I, I probably would have said to myself, I think that's the only thing I would have changed differently.
0: I I love that. (laughs) A lot of people usually just go, you know, chase after trying to get, you know, high margins on bigger places and stuff like that.
1: Look, I'm happy. I've I've earned, I I really, you know, I'm very comfortable financially. My daughter's set for life. I I have a really blessed life. I can honestly say I have a blessed life. I have a blessed life because of one thing, renovating. It, It really is. And, you know, as I said, it's not a free road to wealth. Anybody who's renovating that's listening to this and who's a renovator at the moment, they know it's not easy. You know, some days you'll be on site and you'll be absolutely loving it. And then other days you'll think, why in hell did I ever want to become a renovator? (laughs) But that's like every job, you know. So, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, that's the only thing I'd change differently.
0: For the next five years, she's excited to continue renovating at a slightly slower pace while educating her students how they can create their own wealth through property investing.
1: Look, I'm just I'm, for me now. I'm just trying to slow down a little bit. Obviously, I've been like 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 I said, a renovator on crack, just renovating all these houses. I do between 15 to 20 houses a year. Um, I do about six or seven of my own personal projects every year, and I do somewhere, you know, somewhere around. Uh, you know, 10, 10 to 15, just depending, 10 to 15 TV renovations a year where I'll be renovating a whole house or I'll be renovating somebody's kitchen or bathroom for television. And as I get a little bit older, like I'm almost turning 50, I just want to slow down a little bit. So for me, I'll still be renovating when I'm – I'll still be renovating until the day that I can't see my renovations anymore, <laughs> you know, like I've gone completely blind or death or whatever. Um, I love what I'll do and I still know that I'll be renovating in the next 20 years but I won't be going at the intensity that I am I'm definitely keen to renovate a little bit less and um, you know I'm definitely still continuing down the education path I absolutely love that because I feel like um, you know I've been educating for 10 years now and my, my program Cosmetic Renovations for Profit has become Australia's Leading renovation course in Australia by far. We've got over twelve thousand students around the country that no other education provider can boast. Um, so I've got a lot of, you know, I've got a lot of that um, students from word of mouth, just from people coming to the course and then going out saying to their friends, "You've got to go do this course." And I really, I really enjoy the education part because for me. I'm living my dream renovating, but now if I can share my passion and help other people not make the same mistakes that I did, well, I'm absolutely going for that and that's what I've been doing. So I will continue down the edu- education path because I, I love just being able to help people not make the same things that I mistakes that I had to make. Um, So, yeah, pretty much just slightly less projects, not crazy. I'll go from like 20 to maybe 10 a year. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Still quite a bit. (laughs) It is, yes. Um, And then obviously still continuing down the education path fairly strongly.
0: Many people want to know, how did Barbara become so well-known as Australia's renovation queen? It turns out that like her first renovation project, her television career was another big accident.
1: Well, I, I call myself the accidental renovator and I sort of like my TV career for it as well. I, I call my, almost call myself the accidental TV renovator. Um, what happened was um, I, you know, in my early years back in the year 2000, I was bidding on a lot of property. Like I'd go to auction, I'd miss a lot of properties um and back then there was um they you know, from time to time they'd have a journalist and a photographer taking pictures of auctions and what was happening and reporting on auction, res- auction results and a journalist actually said to me one day she came up to me she goes who are you i i actually see you have bid on quite a lot of properties and i said oh i'm like really flippantly i just said oh, i just um buy houses and i get in and renovate them and i'll either sell them or keep them and she's like Oh, that's really interesting. You know, you're quite a young person. I was only 30, um, and she said, "Do you mind if we do a story on you?" I think it was the Daily Telegraph, and um, I said, "Oh, okay." So she did a story on me about young people buying property and renovating property, and um, so that that was in the newspaper. And I thought, okay. okay nothing will come of that and I didn't wasn't expecting anything or wanted anything to come from that and then Today Tonight Channel 7's Today Tonight saw that article and they rang me up they tracked me down somehow and rang me up about two weeks later and we said oh we saw your article in the Daily Telegraph do you mind if we do a story interview on you so I did um I did that and then they kept calling me in for about two years they called me in to do sort of renovation related stories And then from that, Foxtel saw me, and I did um, some home institutions through them. And then the producer from Foxtel became the producer of The Living Room, and that's when I sort of became my serious, um, serious um, TV sort of presence. And so I've been on The Living Room now. I'm the only um, one of the original cast members, so I've been on that show for. um, I'm just finishing this week, uh, my seventh season, and um, and then obviously Channel Nine saw me on channel 10 and they called me up the today show and said could you do a few renovations for us and I said sure no problems and then I think the biggest break was um uh, HGTV in America did a worldwide casting call for a new um new renovation shows and they contacted an Australian agent and they said look do you know do you know anybody who's like a hardcore renovator and um, they said, we do know of a girl, but she's not on our books. So they contacted my office. All of this happened without even me knowing. Mm. And apparently my team, uh, I've got about 20, 20 staff in my headquarters that look after my public speaking, and they sent some photos over and they sent some videos completely unbeknownst to me. I've got to kill them. <laughs> um, and they sent that to America and they said, oh, we sort of like the look of her and she looks okay and, you know, she looks like she knows what she's doing. So they contacted my office and then they flagged it with me and I actually landed the gig of five-day flip in America by accident as well so they um you know they they it was a bit of a process I had to go and audition and I had to actually do a real life renovation in five days and I passed all of that with flying colors and and then I got my series of five-day flip in America so all of it's been by accident like my very first (laughs) renovation project (laughs) my whole career is one big accident
0: If you want to learn more from her about how to renovate for profit, you can check out her company's website for access to loads of useful courses and information to help kickstart your property journey.
1: So my company is called Renovating for Profit. Um, my flagship program is Cosmetic Renovations for Profit that has been around for the last 10 years and as I said, it's um, Australia's leading renovation course by far. We um, As I said, we've got over 12,000 students that no other education provider can boast. Um, So it's a very intensive um, course. It's an online platform that takes you step by step, task by task, module by module through the whole entire process of renovating for profit. So it's not about doing a renovation. It's about a renovating for profit project where your goal is to make a profit. Um, and it includes a whole series of things, um, online courses, a million checklists and templates and financial calculators. There's project planning software, live three-day boot camps. There's um, property coach mentoring. There's a whole series of things. So it's not, it's not a cheap program. Um, it, the pricing of that program typically ranges anywhere between five and a half to, to high fives, depending on whether you're paying up front. We also have a big trade group in that um, course. So, yes, somebody will need to outlay five and a half to high fives um, for the program. But if you follow through with one renovation, the trade discounts that you get from the trade group alone entirely pay for the whole cost of your education. So, um, you know, hence the reason why it's very popular. So I do that. That's my main flag flagship program. And we do have a series of other online courses, Interior Design for Profit, so those people who want to learn how to stage and style and all the interior bits and pieces of how you design your home, that's another little course. It's about $8.95. And we have a whole series of new courses coming out, Airbnb for Profit, Kitchen Renovations for Profit, Bathroom Renovations for Profit that will um, gradually get launched over the course of this year and next so lots of exciting things in the pipeline for Renovating for Profit um, so people can just jump on my website renovatingforprofit.com.au or jump on my Facebook page, um, lots of ways to contact my team and I.
0: Thank you to Sheree Barber, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about her journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestory.com. Simply type in the search bar Sheree Barber and select that episode to learn more about her story. Also, are you looking at buying property in 2018? Would you like expert tips and advice on the best ways you can purchase property? Whether you're a new or experienced investor, learn from the experts by downloading the Property Investment Buying Handbook. It contains the best tips and advice from 37 of Australia's leading property experts. Simply visit propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to get your copy right now. Thanks for listening.